If you'd like to support our efforts, go to patreon.com Omaha and consider becoming a patron for a few dollars a month. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. Growing up near 24th and Fort, Adam's imagination was always lit up by what was. As a young paper boy, he visited that intersection every day with Mr. L's being a highlight of his route. Mr. L was a OTB bookie who ran a jitney service and all kinds of other services from his office. <laughs> <laughs> North Omaha was a moving, lively place all the way into the 60s. But there's also the stories of the riots. Uh, on, a, on a previous podcast, we talked about the Jack Johnson riots, the lynching of Will Brown in 1919. The riots of the 60s, this, this is Adam speaking. The riots of the 60s were consequences and, and, and not the causes. Talk about that, Adam. So one of the things to keep in mind, Steve, and, and, and you begin to hint at it right there in what you said, these, the riots that happened in the 1960s, they didn't just come out of the blue. They weren't just, um, you know, there, there weren't riots and then there were riots. Instead, Omaha has a legacy of violence, mob violence happening throughout its entire history. And the riots that happened in North Omaha were consequences of that legacy. They were not the cause of something brand new. Now, the difference is that race became the major factor. So all the way back in, even even before the Jack Johnson riots in 1910 and before the Will Brown lynching in 1919, we have stories of lynchings that happened in the 1880s. We have the Omaha Claim Club in the 1850s and 60s. Man, these things go on and on. There were all kinds of labor riots and disputes. There were ethnic disputes that happened in South Omaha. There were all kinds of different violent uh, events that led up to these times. So they were really the consequences. Now, the other thing to remember is that they were the consequences of Omaha's system of racism that has kept that city in check for more than a century. And I don't say that lightly and I don't say it easily, but I do say it honestly. And it's something that I think that the city needs to face up for itself and something that we can explore right here. For instance, let's look at the first riot that happened on July 4th, 1966. That riot it was a hot, hot summer night. It was over 100 degrees, and there were about 30 or 40 kids, young people. We don't know their ages. It's speculation by the World Herald when they say it was young people because they didn't interview the rioters. Instead, it was some reporter standing on the corner saying what he saw, and he described it as young people who were standing on this corner. And apparently, uh, super hot night, over 100 degrees, July 4th. You have African-Americans who were systemically segregated in North Omaha and because of the economics of the city, because of the culture of the city, and because of the de facto segregation in Omaha, they couldn't get jobs in other parts of the city that would pay them money. They couldn't get housing in their families into other communities. They couldn't access the educational opportunities that white people enjoyed. And so they were frustrated. The African-American community was frustrated. Now, I volunteer all of this as a white guy in America today, so my vision can be skewed, and I'm wide open for criticism here. But I want to say that the roots of that riot on July 4th, 1966, were purely racist. They were racist because of those ways that African Americans were shut out from the general American society that people were enjoying up until that point. 
And that shutout, what happened when these young people congregated on the corner of 24th and Lake, they looked at a neighboring business and they said, hey, throw a rock. And they didn't even say it. They just did it as an outcome of all of that system of racism and white supremacy and those different things that factored into there. So they threw the rock through a window, a plate window, and it smashed it. There was a bakery. And then there was a grocery store. And then there was a hardware store. And then there were all these other businesses that were right there at 24th and Lake that became the targets of this violence that went on all night long. Police came in riot gear and they started beating up these African-American men and women. And they chased them back to their homes. And that was the first riot that happened on July 4th, 1966. It wasn't the last one, though. Later on that summer, on August 1st, uh, the, there was another riot that same summer because the heat didn't go away. And the lack of services for African-Americans in the neighborhood where they lived didn't go away. There was an entertainment desert, I call it, where the, the movie theaters that were in the black neighborhood shut down that were in the near north side and the long school neighborhood and around 24th and Lake. They closed. They were gone. They were done. Police, the they in the Omaha Police Department, they had um, an ethics squad, that a moral squad that went in and busted illegal juke joints and and prostitution places and gambling opportunities and whatever happened. And that was happening in North Omaha a lot. Illegal drinking was getting a smackdown. Bars were getting raided constantly. But things for young people just didn't exist. The Carnation Ballroom had shut down. The the um, Dreamland Ballroom had shut down. The offbeat club was off limits. I mean, there were all kinds of things that were there that weren't available to youth themselves or that were there and just or that weren't there anymore that had used to be there. And with that lack of entertainment opportunity, with that lack of employment opportunity that I mentioned, with the lack of opportunities for young people to get that education that they deserved, you know, tech high school was roaring in the 1950s, but into the 1960s, it became more and more segregated. And it was a black only school by the 1960s. And because of that, the quality of the education that was delivered, lots of people said it was getting, it was going down the drains. The football team wasn't winning anymore. The basketball team wasn't winning as well. And so there was all kinds of tension at Tech. There was tension at North and Central. Anyway, August 1st, it's summertime. It's the hot of the summer. And riots break out again in one, one evening on, on the first day of the summer. The riots went all over North Omaha this time. They moved from 24th and Lake. They went to 37th and Lake. They went to, to uh, north, up, north on Florence Boulevard up by Ames. They went up 16th Street to Locust. They went to um, all different kinds of areas around North Omaha and smashing buildings, targeting cars, targeting uh, individuals walking on the street. Um, there, there was lots of different damage that was done. This was the first time, though, 1966. Um, that uh, we, we begin to see a new thing happening where African-Americans in the neighborhood started insisting that uh, the young brothers and sisters who were rioting stop or that they find something else to do. And they, so they started to uh, become involved in, and intervene. Churches didn't have as much influence. Civic groups were going away. And so out of all of this, a new organization arrives in Omaha in 1966 and 67. The organization was called the Black Panthers. They were started in Oakland, California in 66. Uh, and by the time that they got to Omaha, by the time that they started in Omaha, Omaha was rife for the opportunities that the Panthers offered, including summer programs for kids, including free lunches and free breakfasts for children, including opportunities for uh, African-American teens to learn about their heritage, their history, about black history, 
about what made America, how America is built on the, his, on the backs of black people, about all kinds of things from that Panther perspective. Now, today, we know the Black Panthers is kind of a caricature, as kind of a picture, an image of negativity, especially in white people's eyes. But at that point, the Black Panthers delivered hope. And the Black Panthers delivered possibility in neighborhoods where that didn't exist before, especially in North Omaha. So the work that they did was definitely needed. The third riot really happened uh, two years later. 1967 was a quiet year in so many terms. There were some issues that happened at local high schools. Uh, folks like to talk about what happened at Central and what happened at North and what happened at Tech. Um, and, and different incidences that almost amounted in riots, but... They were never called that by the newspaper. Uh, they weren't called that by the Omaha Police Department. It's just in people's memories that they really address them as riots, which is just as val valuable of a source as any other at some points. But what we know is that on March 4th, 1968, the peace was not to be found. There was a candidate running for uh, presidential office. His name was George Wallace. George Wallace was the racist governor of Alabama. Who decided that he needed to take his racist platform to the presidential office. And George Wallace ran for office. He spoke at the Civic Auditorium, which we know is right downtown there. And George Wallace built, brought a very hate-filled speech with him. While he was speaking in the back of the auditorium, there were groups of African-American and a few white protesters who were protesting. They were picketing George Wallace's speech in the auditorium while it was happening. They didn't do it actively, though. They were passive. They were quiet. Until Wallace started saying incendiary things and flaring up the crowd and really getting people upset. Not the audience, the listeners, of course, the people who'd come to listen to him on purpose, but these protesters in back were definitely agitated. So they came to the front of the auditorium and without inciting violence, without doing anything wrong, they stood there. And they let their faces be seen and they showed their placards. And Wallace kept going and he kept railing with his racist hate speech. And he just hammered away on these African Americans and he hammered away on poor people. And he really made sound like it was a war of races against each other. And I don't know how the Omaha audience reacted, the people who were there on their own volition. But these protesters got more and more upset. And they started to tear up their placards and throw the paper at Wallace. And they started to engage with the audience members. And a riot broke out again. But this time, these students, these young people who were gathered to protest, they flooded out on the street. They were beat by cops. They ran back to North Omaha. Cops chased them. Members of the audience from Wallace's audience chased these protesters back to North Omaha. And the riots flared up again. Days of rioting have, happened after that. Businesses were destroyed up and down 24th Street. Not just the front windows broken, but actual laundry mats that were raised, raided into and just thrown over and torn into pieces. It happened at 16th and Locust. That's really when that whole commercial intersection got obliterated. Uh, whole businesses that had been operating for 75 and 100 years were gone in a night. And these business owners that were, that were rioted against in the 66 twice and now in 68, they quit. They walked away from the intersections. They walked away from their businesses. They moved to the other side of town, and they didn't come back to North Omaha, and they still haven't today. Now, one of the things that came out of that riot in 68 was a barber who worked at 24th and Spencer in uh, what's called the Spencer Street Goodwin Barbershop, or Goodwin's Barber Spencer Street Barbershop. And uh, this, this barber, he was a young guy. He had gone to a year of law school and got kicked out. Uh, his name was Ernie Chambers. 
And Ernie Chambers there in 1968 went down to the crowd and he helped calm the crowd. He brought the students down. He went to Horace Mann Junior High, which we know now as uh, the King Science Center on Florence Boulevard, and he calmed the students down so that they wouldn't riot. Ernie got into it right then. That was his entry point. That was his foray. He'd been active in the community beforehand. He'd been doing things with different groups and having different affiliations, but we know that that was the day when he showed up. And that laid the course of the rest of his career that we still know him for today. Bless Ernie Chambers and his continued commitment to representing the people of North Omaha. Then the fourth and last riot that happened, Steve, was on uh, June 24th, 1969. That was the day that a young African-American teenager, her name was Vivian Strong, she was 14 years old. Her and a group of friends were playing in an empty apartment at the Logan Fontenelle Housing Projects that used to be at 24th and Paul Streets. There were more than 100 apartments there, but this one had an empty unit. And the cops got a call that they needed to come down and bust the group of kids who were playing in this empty apartment. They had a record player going, and they were having a little dance party. Vivian was 14. Her older sister was there. She was 15. There were other 14, 15, 13, 12-year-olds there. The black cop, there was two cops that came down in one cruiser. One cop went to the front, one cop went to the back. The black cop went to the front, it was a longer walk. The white cop went to the rear of the building. It was a shorter walk, and he came into the alley, and the girls had heard that there were cops coming, so they ran out the back door of the apartment into the alley. This cop, his name was Loder, L-O-D-E-R. He pulled out his gun, and he shot Vivian Strong in the back as she was running away. After he yelled, stop, freeze. He shot her. The black cop came around the front, from the front to the back when he heard the shot. His last name was Smith, Jimmy Smith. Smith tackled Loader, took his gun. said, what did you just do? And they went down to Vivian and she was dead on the spot. The neighborhood broke out in riots that night. Hundreds and hundreds of people gathered on 24th Street. They gathered on 16th. They gathered on 30th. And they smashed, and they burnt, and buildings burnt down. After two days of rioting, two days of rioting, the Nebraska Army Guards showed up and intervened. They used their guns to protect firefighters who were going to fight fires. They used their guns to make people go home. They used their guns in every way that they could to shut down that rioting. And when the last riot was done in 1969, there were a lot of buildings destroyed. They say more than 25 businesses were burnt out of North Omaha in those three years between 1966 and 1969. My research has shown that – now, and an interesting thing for me, my research has shown that in the years before the riot, leading up to 1966, between the 19, late 1950s and the early 1960s, particularly between 1963 and 1966, more than 25% of all businesses in North Omaha moved west of 42nd Street. 25% of all businesses in North Omaha moved west of 42nd Street after 1963. What happened in 1963, you ask? The United States Congress passed the Fair Housing Act and said that the United States of America had to become integrated. Well, that didn't really race and happen in Omaha very quickly. But it did force white people to move from North Omaha with very much speed. 
leading in 1963. And they moved their houses and they moved their businesses. They moved entire churches west of 42nd Street and then west of 72nd Street. And we know today that it's still happening. They moved west of 90th. They moved west of 106th. And these middle-class white families are getting further and further out on the outskirts of Omaha. But, and, the, and the neighborhoods that they're moving into are whiter and whiter than ever before. There is less integration. What the statistics show us today is that there's less integration in Omaha, Nebraska today than there was in 1963 when white flight began. So the riots weren't the cause of North Omaha's 24th Street falling apart. The riots weren't the cause of 16th Street falling apart, of the businesses leaving, of the families suffering, of the economy <clears throat> blowing up. The riots were the consequence of white flight. The riots were the consequence of systematic racism. The riots were the outcomes and the consequence of years of segregation in Omaha. So what we can see from all this, Steve, is that the riots were consequences, not causes. And that's where North Omaha is today. More than 50 years later, it still hasn't recovered. Our next program is going to be on racism in Omaha, including early racism, Omaha's Greektown riot, and the birth of a nation plays in Omaha. If you'd like to support our efforts, go to patreon.com slash Omaha and become a patron for as little as a few dollars a month. And if you like this program, tell your friends to listen. You can check out Adam's great selection of books on Amazon. And Adam, how can we reach you? Yeah, on NorthOmahaHistory.com, there's a contact page. Hit it up. There's my phone number. There's my email address. Check it out and let me know what you think. Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past.